Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Agree to Disagree here on VIC Radio. Uh, I'm with my guys today, Aiden Char, Dean Gudick, and Jack Asello. Boys, what's up? What's going How's on? it going? All right, so we got a packed show today. We're going to start with hockey, which is a topic we haven't done in a while, but we know it's back now, so we'll start with that. We'll talk some college football also, and possibly James Harden if we have the time. So, Dean, I know you want to take the lead on this topic. Hockey is back. Uh, tell us what it's going to look like in 2021. So, for those who don't know, the NHL season uh, via sources is starting January 13th, and it is going to be a shortened season from 82 games to 56 games. And there are going to be four different divisions, uh, three USA divisions, and the fourth one will be an all-Canada division with the Flames, the Oilers, the Canadians, the Senators, the Maple Leafs, the Canucks, and the Winnipeg Jets due to uh, reduced travel and, um, of course, the Canadian and U.S. border being closed. So they're doing a division realignment, and they're potentially discussing a hub city for best of three series, uh, best of three if the playoffs come around. So here's my question. What happens if in the postseason you have an American team and a Canadian team that have to face off, whether it be in like the Stanley Cup finals or whatever it is? How does that how would how will that work? They may I think, do a, I think they may do a hub city for that. Yeah, I was gonna say I okay. think they would do that. It's it's likely gonna be the type of thing where, you know, if if the NHL sees that this is that's gonna happen, like there's a possibility that that happens and um the and COVID isn't you know, not solved, but you know, it's, it's still like a big enough problem that Canada won't open their borders and we can't have that. Um, it would probably be a hub city. I think that would make sense. Uh, but there also is a chance that that just won't happen or that the borders will be back open and everything will be fine by the time that that comes around. When are the playoffs supposed to start, Dean? That is to be determined, but the start of the season. They're doing a 56 13th. game schedule this year, right? 56 and they're starting games. in, they're starting January in mid January. So. so maybe like May. June, something and like the, that. the the hope is that the vaccine is going to start rolling out sometime end of January, beginning of February. Right. So maybe they'll have it. So there's okay. probably a hope that um, by May, Canada could have their borders back open, but we don't know at this point. Can you guys yeah. imagine going back, like life going back to normal? I can't even imagine. I can't it. wait for that to happen. It will happen eventually. I forgot what it was like. Yeah, we'll honestly, be, we'll be I fully back agree. to normal by next. We're so used to fall. it that it's like, what is life anymore? <laughs> I know, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but like, I've is- gotten so used to doing nothing that just like, how do you <laughs> deal with that again? But you know what? I did say this. The my big thing for this year, for or, or twenty twenty one, I should say, is the first place I want to go when everything opens back is I want to go to a Mets game. That's like what I've been saying, and I'm sticking to that because I want to go to a baseball game badly. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, I would I would go to a Sox game as soon as possible. Right now, want to try at the new Islander Stadium. Um, they're opening up. Via with with the with the new alignment, I kind of I'm looking at it right now, and I do like it. I mean, it's definitely weird putting all the Canada teams in one because none of the Canada teams right now are particularly great, except for maybe Toronto. Um, you know that that's really the only team that that is is likely to actually make a splash isn't edmonton pretty good yeah they're, they're, edmonton they're is good. good yeah they're solid but like even so two teams and the rest of them you know ottawa was one of the worst in the league last year and you're putting them in the same division as some other pretty mediocre clubs well here's um, my thing though aiden but then well then also you you look at the the, the rest of the divisions really make sense and you have some great great setups 
for rivalries. I mean, you have the the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Bruins all together still. Uh, you have the you have the uh, the Caps and the Penguins together. You have the Flyers Absolutely. and the and the Bruins. All of those, like I don't know a ton of hockey rivalries, but I know those are some big ones. Um, yeah, but and here's then, the thing, Aiden. Think about think about what the Canada division, right? Yeah. That's a real travel disadvantage, at least in my opinion, for those Canadian teams. Because like if you're if you're Toronto, right, then you're playing in the same division as Vancouver. I mean, that's all the way across the country. That's like flying from New York to California, kind of. I mean, it's like the same kind of distance. You're going all the way across. That's a long flight to play one hockey game and go all the way yeah. that way. Typically, you're just playing against the teams that are on your coast, right? I mean, like if it's you know the Atlantic Division, you kind of play like Islanders. Yeah, Rangers, Devils, you kind of, as far as you're going, it's maybe Florida. Here you're going all the way across. That's a long way to travel. And that's a disadvantage. Yeah, it's, right? it's a bit rough. But in terms of other, like, other ones, like the, or the divisions in state, like I seen, talked to me about it the other day. And I like the way they're doing it. Like, it's going to be like Rangers, Devils, Islanders, the Bruins, the Flyers, like those kind of teams, the teams that play like right near each other. Yeah. So I think the, the Northeast, the Northeast works out perfectly. Yeah. But not only that, you got all these competitive teams in that division. You got yeah, the Rangers, Rangers who yeah, are Rangers are Stanley Cup favorites, of course. Like they're... yeah, right. <laughs> That'll never happen. Eighty-five years and counting. Um, Sorry, we made the cup. We we were the last team in New York. But did you win? You you got nearly swept by the L.A. Kings. It's one. It's one I, round further than you, buddy. I just think what what I want to know is like why did they decide to do four eight team divisions and not uh you know eight four team divisions um you know do it do it a little bit more like the nfl did it or does it and that would just kind of free up you you have the problem like you said the big problem i think is right now in that canada one and then also in the uh you know kind of like the odd one out you have anaheim arizona colorado dallas la san jose st louis and vegas st louis is at such a disadvantage there um but if you're just taking the uh, the Canada teams, you know, you put uh, you you put four of the teams together that are closer together. I, I'm I'm not a, the best at Canadian geography, but I know Montreal <laughs> and Toronto are near each other. I think Ottawa is nearby too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I don't know about Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg, but I know Vancouver's on the other side of the country. You know, you put if you put those four teams to if you put four of the teams together, then you kind of eliminate a lot of that travel problem uh, instead of making them have that eight team division which i think they just i don't know why they did that instead of doing four team divisions yeah i'm with you Aiden. and here's no. the thing i want to ask dean this too before we move on with this dean so because here's the thing about with realignment for me i'm a, i'm a fan of doing all the covid seasons like i want these teams to play but changing up the way that the schedule and the teams that you typically play the way that it's all formatted that to me i kind of have a problem with not because of the covid just because i feel like it kind of makes the season a little bit illegitimate do you are you going to put an asterisk on this season before it even starts? Or are you waiting to see how this all goes? I'm waiting to see how it all goes. Um, I mean, I do agree that there is a little disadvantage, especially you know, especially a shortened season. There's not going to be any travel. You know, the Bruins are not going to play the Maple Leafs like they usually do. There's not. It's not a real division, but these alignments make sense because not only they're near each other, this is all for travel safety. Yeah. Um, but for the NHL, you know what? Last bubble went well. I really trust where the NHL is going. Um, you had leagues like the NBA who did ama- an amazing job last year. The NHL did an amazing job. I just don't know if 
and and I, I hate to be this guy, but I don't know if the NHL specifically can financially stand doing another bubble. I don't think that's so, but point. if they did sign something, that'll help. The NFL help, like, could, really... the MLB could, the NBA could, but that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Aiden. Good point. That is a good point, but Aiden, I think they did sign like when they uh, did a CBA agree, uh, CBA mm-hmm. that they would do like a flat cap or something like if for like any losses, like they would get yeah. relief. Still, it's just you know the the NHL is makes the least money of all of the four sports but it is by far far not the cheapest sport to run i wouldn't go as far as saying it's the most expensive i don't know that for a fact but maintaining the ice super difficult that's expensive gear super expensive i know i know all this stuff it costs a lot of money to run um and so i think more than any other league the nhl definitely needs to have their fans in the stand or at least have some fans in stands and if you're doing a bubble like we saw with the MLB, it ruins the whole point of doing a bubble if you're allowing fans to come in. So, <laughs> right, right. Right, good so you could say you're doing like a, a hub city bubble, which would basically just, you know, you, you, you pick four hub cities, That's... The, the teams live there, and then you allow fans to come into the stands at a limited capacity. But even so, it's just, it's weird. It's going to be difficult. I, I'd like to see how they're going to do it. They're actually... Uh kind of planning that as a backup there's a report saying like owners and players prefer nhl season has mlb style three game series and they're looking at new jersey columbus and las vegas as potential hubs for every round yeah. you want that i think like for the like first couple rounds but if they're the backup plan may be like hub cities for like each part of the playoffs now d i don't know about this dean too before we move on are they doing it like the way the NBA is kind of transitioning where you're going to fly to one city and play twice there or three times there? I mean, that's how the NBA is doing it. Like if the Lakers play Houston, they're going to go to Houston and play two times. And then that, that so they don't, don't have know. to go there twice. Okay. That is undetermined. I, I think they should, I don't know if they should necessarily do that, but what they should do is, you know, kind of, you have, uh, you know, like look at, look at one of the divisions, Detroit and Chicago are pretty close together and Tampa Bay is not close to that at all. So, and Minnesota's up there too. So, you know, you have Tampa Bay come up and you have them play Detroit, then Chicago, then Minnesota, then maybe Detroit again, Chicago and Minnesota again, before they come back down and then have a couple teams come to them. Right. Okay. That makes sense. You know, yeah, for, every, like for every division, they should just do one sit, like one you know, um, arena for each one. Think about it. There's, there's like a, there's a rugby league, uh, you know, that has teams both in Europe and in Canada. Yeah. And the way that logistically they do that is, you know, the, I think it's the, the Canadian teams play all the Canadian teams and then they travel to Europe and play all the European teams. And then they travel back and the European teams travel to Canada. Okay. Gotcha. You know, so basically you're playing every team in the league that you have to play, but you, you aren't going to be flying, you know, Canada to, to England, to Canada, to Moscow, whatever. And I know that's a much bigger scale than what would be happening in America, but you do have that problem, you know, Toronto to, to Vancouver is not an easy trip to do three times in a week. Could be so, worse, Aiden. You could be you could, at least Toronto doesn't have to run into your Brunswick this year. <laughs> yeah, lucky them. Yeah, Toronto right. and Montreal. So let's move on. I know we want to talk college football with the time we have left. Um, so this was a really interesting development yesterday. So LSU decides that they're going to put a one-year postseason bowl ban on themselves for this year. Now that sounds great and all because yes. they've committed these violations, but they're three and five and they're not probably even making a bowl. If they did make a bowl, it would be some bowl <laughs> that nobody's watching and nobody cares about anyway. Toilet, the toilet bowl. Right. Exactly. Perfect. So 
<laughs> like, what do we think of this? Because this is happening a lot in college basketball too, where teams impose bans on themselves. But in this case, it's just so dumb. Like, who cares about whatever bowl you're playing in anyway if you even get there? Your starting quarterback's hurt. You're the reigning national champions. And all everybody's going to care about is the fact that you guys were undefeated with Joe Burrow. Now the team has Miles Brennan and whoever the new quarterback is now, and the team stinks. So, Dean, I know, I know you're a big college football fan. What did you think of this yesterday? Because I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous, but I will say this. Um, you guys know this. They, uh, LSU know about the Darius Geis yeah. um, allegations, um, and I feel like that this was part of their fine. It was a matter of time till the news came out. LSU knew about these allegations the whole time. So they wanted to do a one-year ban because I feel like they were trying to take the easy way out from getting a harsher punishment from the NCAA. Even Coach O admitted that he knew about the Darius Geis uh, sexual allegations, but he said nothing about it and tried to hide it under the rug. So I feel like this is LSU trying to punish themselves in a lighter way possible compared to what they would get from the NCAA or the SEC. The, the, the culture at LSU is a mess right now. They may uh, lose more commits. A uh, five-star tight end might uh, decommit from there, their four-star corner. LSU is just in shambles right now. I do think it's a, it's a, it's a funny power move just, you know, as a three and five team to impose a bowl ban. It's funny, but also, you know, it's the, the point of self-imposing a bowl ban, uh, which I think is kind of being missed in all this is not to say, especially in this case, it's not to say, we know we're going to make a bowl, but we're not going to go. It's at the very least showing, uh, you know, accountability for the actions you made. They're basically saying, you know, look, we, we did this we're going to comply and we're going to punish ourselves. We're not, we're not playing in a bowl this year because there is still a chance that they make it. If they win out, whatever, even if they don't, you know, every team is bowl eligible this year. The COVID shortened season has made things worse. I wouldn't have been surprised if the NCAA tried to put LSU in some bowl just because that's, that's not a punishment. That's not a punishment. Bill better. No, you're you're, echoing, you're on my... echoing on my, well, oh, I'm echoing too. It's like people who like LSU, though. It's a, game, it's a game they'll tune into. It's just for ratings. They, they exactly. Even forcing them into that. Aiden's totally right about that. I mean, yeah, but, but do fun. you think LSU would do the same thing if they were a winning team? I feel exactly. like they would only totally, do it if they were a winning team. Yes, see, I think they would. I think they would. And I say that because, um, I mean, you've seen other teams do this in the past, maybe with you know more serious allegations, but still. I think they would, maybe not if it were last season with the with the – you know, incredible pace they were on, but had they, had they been having a solid season, I think it makes sense for them as, as a program, you need that good look. You need to make sure that people don't think of your team as cheaters. Am I, I, I'm trying to remember, I think this happened with Ohio state like six, seven years ago where they had an imposed ban and they didn't, they were undefeated that year and they didn't even get to play in the national championship and, and compete there. So I guess it has happened in the past, but I'm with Aiden. If you're an elite team and you think you have a real chance to win the championship, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're pulling a ban on yourself. I mean, why would you do that? Just wait it out, see what the NC comes up with, and you still have your championship. They can't take that away from you. So you just wait it out for a couple of months, and then they they pull a ban on you. That that's what I or that that's what I would say. But I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe that they wouldn't act that way. But I don't know. LSU is a pretty good program, so you would think that they would try and win as, as much as they could. So what do you guys think about Ohio State, though? Because now they say that Big Ten says that they can play in the Big Ten title game. They can actually compete there against Northwestern next week. Yeah. 
so this is a little strange because they were supposed to have to play six games and now they've only played five. They've had three cancellations, including Michigan, but yet they're still going to have a shot. Here's my thing though. If they win the, the big 10 and Florida wins the, uh, the, the sec, and then you have Clemson that wins the, the ACC, I'd leave Ohio state out. Like I would, because I think I would definitely can, I would be, I would agree with you. Yeah. If all that happens. Yes. But I don't think you have both Florida winning the SEC and Clemson winning the ACC. You know, both both of those are are difficult games for those teams to win. You know, it's 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 unlikely that both of them will happen. One might happen, but you know, if, if Notre Dame if Notre Dame beats Clemson, sorry sorry Dean, uh, and then and Don't Florida worry, beats okay. Bama, then of course Ohio State's getting in. You know, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame and Bama beats Florida, of course Ohio State's getting in. It's tough because I, I think they should just move to an 18 playoff. I mean, I've said that before and I'll say they, it again. They should. They, they should, yes. Move, Get every team a shot. Like, why are you just I, leaving teams out that have a chance to win the so national unfair. title? It really isn't fair for college. It's like you get – it's like so unlucky. It's like the playoff is so limited. They should make it – I agree with you. They should expand it. Make it, I, a, little, make it a little more exciting. Also, it's better for ratings. I'm sure more people – tons of people will tune in to multiple college playoff games. So – I think it's too late – I think it's too late at this point, but I would have loved to see uh, an Ohio State-Texas A&M matchup. And I think that right there would have settled that playoff debate once and for all, because there are still people who think Texas A&M, you know, if Ohio, even if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, maybe Texas A&M should make it in over them. Um, and I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with them, but uh, I, I think it would have been a really interesting game to see. If you have Texas A&M beat Ohio State, uh, that it doesn't matter whether or not Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Texas A&M takes that fourth spot for the time being. Um, yeah, but I, I got to say, I feel awful for Texas A&M because they're right. not even going to get a chance. Like, if they don't play Ohio State on Saturday, which is it's not going to happen. I mean, we're on Thursday it's like already. It's not going to happen. If we're looking What's at it from that perspective, idea? they're not even playing in the, in the uh, SEC title game. They have no chance of getting there. So they've lost a game to Alabama two months ago at the beginning of the season – and now their season ends because of that. That's that's really not fair. I mean, that's why I think you know we should go back to not even go back. We should expand to eight. I would start with six and see how it goes. I mean, it's not fair to teams like A and M, as you guys mentioned. I mean, A and M lost to Bama, but then they beat teams like Florida. They beat Auburn. They they hit their stride. They hit their peak, and they've been rolling throughout this year. Yeah. I mean, if we expanded the playoffs, you'd have great matches like Clemson and Florida. Uh, Alabama and Georgia, t- Ohio State and Texas A&M. These are all matches. And some yeah. say, you know, the group there of five can't players. handle the playoff. But we've seen shot. power five teams like Clemson play Notre Dame. Notre Dame got wiped. And I, th- I think it's time to expand the playoffs. But. I think that or and this might be controversial, but another way that they could fix it is saying you have to win your conference championship to be eligible for the national championship. And that this is eliminates a- any sort of things where, you know, where we haven't had a couple of years ago, Bama beat Georgia and then Georgia still made it in over Ohio state. Um, you know, you'll, you'd have a, the case this year where you could see two ACC teams and two SEC teams. You'd completely eliminate that possibility. You automatically would have uh, four different conferences represented. And then you wouldn't have teams like, or you wouldn't have 
conferences mad that their teams didn't make it in when a second place team made it in. Yeah, but th- here's the thing about that, though. This year, there's like three ace SEC teams that are bit better than Oklahoma or whoever you want to say is the best team in the Big 12. There's sure, probably sure. four or five teams that are better than USC, who might be the best team in the Pac-12. So then don't, then don't put Oklahoma in. I mean, there, there are plenty of other conferences that should be more represented. Uh, Cincinnati is having a fantastic season, they're, but they're in the American Athletic Conference. Nobody's going to give them a chance. So if you say, you know, only the, the uh, conference winner can make it, then you're eliminating Notre Dame or Clemson. You're eliminating Bama, Texas A&M, or, and Florida. You're two of them. And then it would be between Iowa State and Cincinnati for that for that fourth seed. Right. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. No, I don't either. That's a good plan. I like that. I just um, don't think you're getting the four best teams in at that point. But I, that, that is an argument to be made for that, actually. But it's, it's so hard, best, though, because... Are you the best team if you can't win your conference championship? Well, yeah, because some conferences are way better than other conferences. Like, I would pick the, the, the third or fourth best team in the SEC – to beat the best team in the Pac-12. I don't think USC or maybe Oregon is, I don't this think those year, teams are that That's yeah. my point. So I don't know. I, I understand your point. I just think that if the goal here is to get the best teams to win, have a chance to win the national championship, the current system that we have now or the system that you're proposing, neither of them would work because the only way to know who the best team is is to take the eight or maybe even six, as Dean was mentioning, six or eight best teams, throw them in a bracket and see who wins. That's the then, only way, because now we're leaving out teams that could legitimately have an argument to be the number one team. So that's, that case, that's the flaw. Would you would you be on board with me saying, if you're doing the eight-team championship, then at the very least, the top four seeds have to be conference winners, conference champions? Out of eight teams? Uh, yeah, I, I Out I of eight teams, four, like four of them, four the top four, division the winners top four, four seeds, top have to have won their conferences. You can make yeah, it without having won a conference. It's not like a wild card, you mean? Yeah, basically exactly. there would be four wild cards, okay. but those top four seeds, you know, like this year you would have Bama, Notre Dame or Clemson, Ohio State, and then possibly Cincinnati or Iowa State. Those are your top four seeds. And then you can still fit in Notre Dame or Clemson, Texas A&M and Florida. Okay, that's fair. I'll buy that. I'll, I'll buy that. that. Yeah, it's like baseball kind of. Uh, you guys want to finish up with, uh, with basketball or you have anything else to say here? I think I'm all good. I was going to say, I, talked I about mean, this segment. I was going to say for the Ohio State thing, I just have mixed reactions. I mean, this is a way of the committee trying to just push Ohio State into the playoff because they know that there's nobody else. I mean, listen, granted, you can't have a Northwestern Indiana Big Ten championship because those guys are not real competitors. Granted, Indiana showed that they're a top 10 team. But I just think, you know, it's listen, Ohio State would have beaten everybody on their schedule. I'm not going to deny that. But if you can't play the minimum, then granted, Michigan did screw you over. And Maryland. And Maryland. The the only game that Ohio State canceled because of them was Illinois. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Maryland was canceled because of Maryland COVID. Michigan was canceled because of Michigan COVID cases. So you can't blame Ohio State for not having hit that sixth that six, uh, game, six game yeah. mark. Yeah. I don't blame them for that because they're – there were two games on their schedule that they could have played that the other Ohio teams couldn't State, play. Ohio State's going to be number four, right? Yeah. Probably, probably three or four. Be, yeah. Three or three four. Five games. I know Clemson well, no, is probably unless, three because whoever, whoever, like if, if, if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, I would put them at four. If I, I would disagree. Yeah. I think if Clemson wins, Ohio State is four. If Notre Dame wins, Ohio State is three. 
Yeah. It's going to be. I want to see. I want to see the finals be Clemson versus Ohio State, the battle of the top two picks in this upcoming draft. I mean, all I'm going to say is it's going to be controversy regardless because you're going to have fans like the Aggies or even the best team in Ohio, Cincinnati. I'm just kidding, Aiden. Um, you know, they're going to be complaining, saying, hey, we were undefeated. Hey, we were a one-loss team in the SEC, but we're not getting our shot. So either way, there's going to be a lot of yeah disagreements. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's tough. All right, let's finish up with basketball, guys. Um, so we saw what happened with James Harden this, this earlier this week. He, hasn't rep- he wasn't reporting to, to Rockets camp. He wasn't involved. And finally, he showed up yesterday and now has to sit out until he gets all his COVID tests and everything comes back negative. Uh, what did you guys think of, of Harden and uh, all the antics that he's pulled the last week or so, not wanting to show up and he wants a trade? I mean, I just think even if you want out, you've got to be able to show up for work and, and do what you're paid to do. And so I found it to be a little ridiculous. And, and you guys know how I feel about James Harden, but it just, it, I, I didn't agree with this at all. I, yeah, I no, think we, at this point, no, who's going to want to trade for him? I agree. Like play if, for if them? He, what? what? What did you say? Play, what, what did you say? Who's going to want to trade for him? Oh, you oh know, yeah. At this point, yeah, yeah he's a great player. But if he's showing that he's so, he, he doesn't want to play for this team so bad that he's willing to not show up, I hate it when players hold out. Like, yeah, yeah I get it. You, you, you want it you want to get you want to get what you want but also you are being paid to do a job if you're getting franchise tagged in football that i think is different but in any other case if you just want a better contract or if you just want to play for another team go out and show that you deserve it show that you're motivated enough to get that contract or to get that trade and then and let your play do the talking hmm. yeah um, no, I, here's the I, thing though with, with harden like He's obviously under contract for a while, but my biggest issue is they've given him a lot. Like they gave him Westbrook. They gave him Chris Paul, like Dwight Howard was there and still they never won a championship. And yet he's complaining about the culture. And yet the one constant through all these years was that he was there and he was the culture. There's a leader. You shouldn't be setting a bad culture by not showing up to work. Yeah. He's, he's almost just contradicting himself because he thinks the culture is bad. Yet he's the only guy who's been there this whole time. So that's just, that's my biggest it shows it. how careless he is for the team and it, it's i feel like it's an alternative way of him saying i want out of here and of course you know there's been speculation with the the trade spots he added i um milwaukee and miami i think it is and philly and philly, and the and Nets, philly yeah. yeah i think it's him just saying i don't care no more i just want out of here yeah if i'm miami i would not pull the plug i would not pull the trigger on james harden I would hold out, see if he can sign a superstar like Giannis in the offseason next year. Don't give up any major assets. Uh, Honestly, I like though, him. If you don't have to trade Simmons, I like him in Philly. That would be really. I just, yeah, but you're, I just, here's the, that's what I was going to say. The only trade that makes sense for Harden where you're getting equal value back is trading for Ben Simmons. Although, yeah. like, who are you getting from Milwaukee? Chris Middleton is not Ross, James Harden. Like, obviously he's not. But even if you're going to do that, it doesn't make – because you just traded for John Wall. You're not going to trade for another point guard. That's the same with Brooklyn. They, they're not going to do a trade with them unless it's Kyrie or KD in the deal. Exactly. It's just, it's just what the problem I also have with it is, yeah, like you guys were saying, to for a team to be able to get Harden, unless the Rockets are just giving him away for free, which they're not going to be doing, for a team to, to get Harden, they're going to have to give up a big piece. And once that big piece is off that team, is Harden going to be enough to carry that team to a championship? Probably not. We've seen it with the Rockets. He has had some very, very good teams, and he has been unable to take them to to a championship. 
And so if you're sending him to Philly, yes, if Ben Simmons is there, great. That's amazing. But to get him to Philly, Ben Simmons is probably going to have to go to Houston. If you're sending him to the Nets, having him play with Katie and Kyrie could be great. But then again, you'd probably have to send Kyrie to Houston for it to even work out. And, and it, it might just not be enough at that point. So honestly, I do think Harden's best chance for winning a championship is to play out the contract that he has uh, and then sign somewhere else in free agency. That's like two years though. That's a long time. And this team's not good. I mean, John Wall, who knows? DeMarcus Cousins, who knows? Christian Wood, who knows? Eric Gordon, who knows? There's a lot of question marks here. And this is a new coaching staff too. I understand why he wants out. I, I Honestly, my issue with it is not that he wants out. It's the way that he's handled him wanting out. Mm-hmm. But in terms of him wanting a championship, and, and obviously the goal here is to win titles, right? Everybody, That's what everybody says. And he's 31. He's been around forever. He's just like his 12th year. I think he's going into now. He wants a championship, and I have no problem with that. And if he wants out, fine, but you have to show up. But you're right. There is no perfect place for him because you have to give up so much to get him. But like Houston, I mean, Houston's made it very clear. They're not giving him up for free and they shouldn't because you should get back a superstar for James Harden because you're getting a top 30 player of all time when you trade for the guy like that. I mean, it's obvious. That's just how it is. You know, I don't, I don't really know what else to say, but that's, that's, that's clear. All right. Anybody want the last word on this and then we'll wrap up. I'm all good. Go Go next. Go next. Oh, so yeah. Um, Anyway, just uh, for everyone, uh, thanks for listening to us on VIC all semester. I know this is the last episode that we're doing uh, this fall for VIC, but I appreciate everyone listening every single Saturday. Uh, make sure you listen to us on on VIC and then listen to us on YouTube and Spotify where we put our other shows. Follow us on social media, and I appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the nice, enjoy your weekend. <laughs>